0: so when we communicate with a dead person we are not communicating with them directly we are communicating with them through their thought form so the thought form that we have created around them that makes them familiar to us and makes them recognizable for us. Hello beautiful soul and welcome back to a brand new episode of Rooted in the Cosmos. My name is Isabel Gloria, I'm your host for today and if you're here for the first time, welcome to the podcast. If you're tuning back in, welcome back. I'm so happy to have you back here. Today is going to be a very special episode. It's probably going to be a little bit longer than usual and we are going to dive into the spooky season, into the spooky stuff. I'm not going to read spooky stories to you, but we're going to dive into a more spooky realm of spirituality. We're going to talk about ghosts, spirits, entities, and all that kind of stuff, how to protect yourself from negative energy, and uh, how you can detect it around you. So, I did a poll on Instagram a while ago asking you what you want to have for this special Halloween episode. And most of you voted for a deep dive into entities, spirits, ghosts, and everything that surrounds this topic. So without further ado, welcome to this spooky Halloween episode. I have some nice spooky background music, as you can hear. I would love to prompt you to use this time of the year for some introspection because the veil is very thin around Halloween time. This has nothing to do with the commercial stuff around Halloween, it's just the time of the year that makes it very easy to tap into other realms and to communicate with other beings. And it's a very magical time and it's a time where a lot of people are very creative and a lot of creative ideas are actually born during the time around Halloween. Make sure to use this time and make the most out of it. Meditate a lot, go outside, sit under the moonlight and meditate. Or what is also amazing to do around this time of the year is to do some ancestor work. So connecting with your ancestors, connecting with family members that, that have passed away, all that stuff. For that, you don't need to be an expert in connecting with dead people or something like that. You don't need a medium to go to. You can just tap into the energy of your ancestors or look through old photos that your family may still have around of people you don't even know, but they are your ancestors. They are your family. And um, that's actually what I did with my family. So we met up last week, especially for this occasion, to do some ancestor work and we have a huge box of old photos and a lot of these people we still know so I can ask my aunts, my uncles, my mom and all that to uh, tell me more about these people and who they are and I can still have like I know who they are, whose father, whose mother uh, they are and all that stuff but there's also people who we all don't know and we can still feel their energy and what was funny is that when we were going through these images What happened was that specific people were really present with us in the room. We were open to communicate with anyone who wants to speak with us. This didn't happen, so you can force it. my cousin actually is very good at talking with people who have passed away. So she's a she's a natural medium. She's very open for this kind of stuff. I can feel it too. I do perceive their energy as well and I can tap into it. But she's much more naturally open for that than me. Um, and we didn't pick up anything. So nobody really wanted to talk to us. Nobody had a message for us. But we still really enjoyed the presence of these people because we could literally feel them and how they want to... Just be with us in in this energetic room. And it was a really beautiful evening. And I'm really, really grateful and happy that my family, my entire family is very open and uh, kind of grew into their spirituality with me. So we all kind of, everyone I'm close to, we all kind of went through a spiritual awakening around the same time or it was like triggered by um, my own. Um, And that's really beautiful. I I know that I'm really privileged in that sense. A lot of spiritual people, maybe you two, feel very alone and they don't have a family that supports their beliefs or would even do an ancestral healing session with them. So if you can do that for yourself, you don't have anyone to join you, still do it. Ask for that box of pictures or whatever it is that helps you connect anything old that you still have from ancestors and from family members that passed away and use that time to connect with them and don't expect anything crazy to happen but just be open for messages to be received or for someone popping up in your dreams when you set the intention to connect with them. But now let's dive into the actual topic of today's episode and I want to start off by telling you a little bit more about the reality of multidimensionality and of the other realms that do exist but we don't necessarily know that they are all around us within the many realms of reality there exist beings on different levels of consciousness than we exist on and in history especially in religious contexts there are many different names for these energetic beings you can call them good spirits, demons, ghosts, poltergeists, and many more. Like there's a multitude of names they have been given over the years. And it doesn't really matter what you what you label them as or what label you put on each of them. The reality is that many different entities are coexisting with us. While well, some of them are from the lower levels of vibration and very fear-based, and others are from the higher levels of vibration, they are love-based. That is the difference between demon and angel and demon and good spirit, like whatever label you want to put on them. I don't really like those labels, but... But you get the idea. To say it in a very simple way, there is good spirits and there is bad spirits. And I like to call them positive entities and negative entities. Entity is a very neutral word to me, so it can be both good and bad. And I think it's the most fitting. That's why I like to use it. All of these entities are created through the focus of energy to a point where they develop a low level of consciousness and become a structured thought form, you could say, that is still far from being physical, but still more than just an abstract, non-tangible thought. So they're, an entity is basically something in between a thought and a thing. They're all, like an almost manifested thought. Like I just said, there is different types of entities, and uh, I want to dive into the positive entities first. Positive entities are entities that have a direct connection to Source and the higher realms. The most common appearance of a positive entity is when a person has died, someone in your family, someone you know, you know, and their consciousness appears as an entity to communicate with you, with their loved ones who are still alive. So, that is the most common, most tangible way for us humans to understand what an entity is. After we die, we have a very expanded consciousness that is much more than just a human person we were known as on earth. You cannot imagine your passed away grandma or your grandpa being in the in the energetic realm just as they were on earth. So there is a difference. They are much more expanded. Their consciousness expands a lot. They're yeah, much more free. And um, the thing is, though, If we as humans who are still alive communicate with a loved one who has passed away, they decide to show themselves or to um, project the energy that we know them as um, when communicating with us so we we can recognize them. That means if the soul or the consciousness of a dead person wants to communicate with the living world, it will come back into the thought form of who they were known as. They can reactivate the vibrational version that was created around them by others and they can put it on like an energetic suit. You can imagine it like that. And that's that suit is familiar and recognizable for their loved ones and for everyone who has known them in their human life. So when we communicate with a dead person, we are not communicating with them directly we are communicating with them through their thought form so the thought form that we have created around them that makes them familiar to us and makes them recognizable for us because if we were to communicate with a dead person who is now not on earth anymore not in in this human incarnation anymore they would feel way way more expanded they would feel not as familiar Because there is so much more going on than just this human life. That's just one expression of who they truly are. So we cannot grasp their actual identity. We have to communicate through this thought form to be able to recognize them. And the soul, a consciousness, actually knows that. And they can purposefully put on this thought form and uh, communicate with others through that. That is actually the reason why a lot of the times, if you go to a medium who can talk to dead people, a lot of the times they will start describing the person, how they see them. And that is because the soul of this dead person is showing themselves as the person they were, as a human being they were, and as as that expression to be sure that they will be recognized. So a medium will describe what they wear, how they um, how they walk, and if there's something very unique about their energy and their their um, charisma, something like that will be shown through the thought form so their loved ones and the ones who are still in the living world as humans can communicate with them. Now let's dive into the darker aspect of entities because they can also be negative. Dark entities, on the other hand, are low vibrational entities that are not connected to source energy, or the light, or God, or whatever you want to call it. They are what you could call parasitic in nature, and they are constantly searching for an energy source to attach to for nourishment. They cannot create their own light, they cannot create their own energy, because they are cut off from source, from the light, from God, they have to find an external source to feed off of. And that source is other living beings, so humans. But the thing is that to be able to energetically attach themselves to a person, this person needs to have a low vibrational anchor that vibrates on the same low energy than these dark entities exist on. So you would have to have any type of anchor for a negative entity to attach to you or to influence you in any way. The thing is all humans have those anchors. (laughs) We all have some kind of trauma or experiences that impacted us negatively and created negative emotions that we have not fully resolved. It's natural to have that. It's natural to have anchors. And it's totally fine. It's nothing that should be scary or should make you afraid of doing any spiritual work or connecting with any entities. It's, it's pretty normal. We're all prone to deal with entities and I 100% guarantee you that you will get in touch with negative entities no matter what you do. It is a law. Especially if you do spiritual work, especially if you're open to higher knowledge and all that stuff, you will have to deal with negative entities with dark entities, but it's nothing to be afraid of. It, It really isn't. It's something to be aware of. It's something to know how to deal with, but it's nothing that should ever, ever, ever hold you back from going further on your spiritual journey. This is not something that should make you feel scared. Entities, even dark entities, are not inherently evil. This is something really important to remember and something that Creates a lot of resistance in some people because they like the idea of good and evil and they like the idea of black and white. There's the good guys and there's the bad guys. But it, it really isn't like that. Most of them are simply trying to survive, nothing more. And similar to tiny parasites we have in our physical body at all times, we can have them in our energetic body as well without them doing us any harm. So even though the thought of that is not nice, neither having parasites in your gut, (laughs) nor having them in your energetic field, it's not a huge harmful thing. Only if it gets too much and too intense, these parasites really start to bring us down and we consciously need to do something about it. But other than that, there's nothing to be scared of. If you want to spiritually protect yourself against these entities there are a multitude of different techniques to protect you from foreign energies attaching themselves to your energy field and the thought behind spiritual protection is to own and stand strong in your own energetic body so no foreign energies can find an opportunity to suck energy from you so if if you would have to picture it it's not true spiritual protection is not like setting up a wall around you, an energetic wall. It's more like radiating so much light from your core through your entire physical and energetic body that there is not even space for something to attach to you. If you're going with the shielding yourself from everything that's happening, that's very hard to keep up and that's not the true way, the true empowered way of protecting yourself spiritually. Let's talk about why it even is necessary to put up spiritual protection. The thing is that at all times, many non-physical energetic entities are searching for an energy source to attach for nourishment. It's almost impossible not to be affected by them to some degree, but it should never actually disrupt your own energy field. If you feel like there is something really disrupting your energy field, you need to do something about it. But not all foreign energies and entities are inherently evil or negative. However, we can protect ourselves from having too many foreign energies influencing our energy field. Because the more foreign energy is coming in, the less easy it becomes for you to connect with your true intuition. So that's a huge thing why you want to set up any type of spiritual protection or feel into yourself if there's anything to that needs clearing or to clear out. We are especially vulnerable to foreign energies when we are actively and intentionally opening ourselves up to non-physical realms during meditation, during Reiki, doing energy work, doing channeling, and other spiritual practices. So that's the perfect recipe for these entities to become aware of us. And like I said, there is nothing to be afraid of. There is nothing that should hold you back from doing your practices, doing your meditation, but it's something to be aware of. The rule is if we can connect with light beings in meditation or through channeling or through whatever you do as a practice, you can also potentially connect to a dark being as well. It's just the reality of things. If you can connect to one, you can connect to the other. This is something to be aware of, but not scared of. The thing is, any kind of dark energy is inherently parasitic because it's not connected to the light. That means that it needs to feed off of other sources to thrive and it needs to attach to a middleman to get its life force from an outside source, like I just said. And because negative entities vibrate on a low frequency, they can only consume low frequency energy. They cannot consume high vibrational energy. Their most common source of nourishment is fear. So if you are not afraid of them, they don't have any power over you. They don't have anything to steal from you. Whatever a negative entity can do with you or through you, it can only do that because you give it the power to do so by believing it has any power over you and therefore you're fueling it. If you don't give it any power, if you don't fear it, if you don't project any power Onto it, it doesn't have any. Negative entities cannot actually harm you. They can only scare you to get what they want and need, your energy, their food. So what they're trying to do is to scare you so that you lower your vibration and they can feed off of you. I don't want to minimize the real fear you can experience when you're in touch with a negative being, but I want you to really let this sink in. They cannot harm you, only scare you. They are not powerful. They are desperate and lost. And all they want is to scare you so they can suck the negative energy out of you. That's all they want. They cannot actually physically harm you. Something that I teach in my work is a little bit controversial. I don't believe that setting up spiritual protection is always the best thing you can do. And I'm going to dive in why this is my belief and Maybe it makes sense to you. Maybe it does resonate with you. Maybe it doesn't. Let's see. If you protect yourself from something, it implies that there is something you need to be protected from, right? Because everything in this universe is based on frequency. The frequency of protection automatically includes the frequency of whatever you want to protect yourself from. So this alone can vibrationally become a match to the very thing you're trying to avoid, You are giving the very thing you're trying to avoid power by telling it, hey, I need to protect myself from you because you have some type of power. And in my opinion, the best way to handle this is to create an unconscious standard practice that doesn't require a lot of energy from you. So if you want to protect yourself daily, you can compare it to driving a car. Whenever you get in, you put on your seatbelt, you're not going through all the potential horrible accidents that could happen. You're just unintentionally putting it on while thinking about 10 other things and juggling your keys, phone and coffee in one hand as you're trying to fasten your seatbelt. So there's not a lot of energy going into the process of um, fastening your seatbelt. And that's the kind of energy... I like to use for spiritual protection. It's an automated process that you don't even think about if you even feel like you need to protect yourself every day. I don't do it every day. I just do it for specific occasions for when I feel like I'm doing a practice that I really want to be protected from or if I already feel like an energy around me that I don't want to engage with further. What I would advise you is to feel into yourself before going into meditation, a channeling session, energy work, or any other spiritual practice that you like to do, and feel if there is any fear. If you can confidently say no, go into your practice without spending a long time on spiritual protection. And that's the controversial part. Some people swear on doing like a Grounding ritual and um, setting up a shield and all that every time you work with the spiritual realm. But I don't believe in that. If you are owning your energy with a high vibration, you are not a very valuable source for negative beings. If you still want to put up some kind of protection without giving it too much thought, just visualize some light filling your body and hop right into your practice. Don't spend a lot of time on setting up a shield or doing grounding work, like protecting yourself. I'm just sharing what I teach and what I believe in and what I've learned from my years of experience. If that doesn't resonate with you at all, definitely do whatever you need to do to feel safe. I'm not telling you that it's wrong. I'm just sharing what I've learned along my way. If you feel into yourself and there is fear coming up and you definitely want to set up some form of protection, you can do a little ritual to protect yourself. I teach something in my mentorship that is called the five, four, one, two, three one 2 3 spiral. It's a very, very potent and strong multidimensional shield that you can put up when you do intense channeling work or very advanced stuff. I wouldn't suggest doing that every time you meditate, but what you can do is to do a little ritual to protect yourself, whatever feels right for you. And you can see it as something that you do, so you have it out of your mind. You can simply set the intention of I am protected. And once you've set up your spiritual protection, you don't question it. That's the main thing. You don't question your spiritual protection because it's all about owning your own energy, owning your auric field, owning your light and your what what's part of you on an energetic Um, in an energetic way. There is no way to do it wrong, because it's all based on intention. The ritual is for yourself to make it more real and tangible, but it's not the actual thing that's going to protect you. Your intention is going to protect you. And that's why I say, if there is no fear coming from your side, there is nothing you have to protect yourself from, because nothing can attach. Setting up spiritual protection doesn't have to be a long process. I would say spend a maximum of one to two minutes on that. Even the very intense and multidimensional shield that I teach my clients, the five, four, one, two, three one 2 spiral, is only about five minutes. So it, it really doesn't take that long to set up a really solid protection. In case you're new to this, I want to give you seven different ways to set up your spiritual protection. Number one... You can visualize yourself in a bubble of light or energy and be sure when you do that to feel into every part of your body, especially your back, the top of your head and the soles of your feet, as these are places we often forget when we're working with energy. And you can, if you just take a moment while listening to this podcast, just feel into the energy around your back or below your feet or on top of your head. It may feel like a little bit cold or a little bit open and unprotected. And that's because we never actually um, pay a lot of attention to these places. The second way is to ground yourself by visualizing that you are rooted in the earth like a tree. Whatever visual comes up for you, just imagine yourself growing roots into the earth or yourself standing really tall like a tree and just feel the stability and the rootedness of that. The third way I want to share with you is to call in protection from your spirit guides, angels, helpers, whatever you want to call them, and ask them to support you for your practice. That's a very beautiful way, that's a very easy way to do, and it's something that also strengthens the connection to your spirit guides. The fourth way is to visualize yourself being showered by a waterfall of light, leaving a layer of protection on your skin. So just visualize yourself standing under a nice warm waterfall and the water that's dropping down on you is actually leaving something that protects you from any foreign energies. The fifth way is to visualize yourself in a violet flame that no foreign energy can enter. This is something a dear friend of mine loves to do. She loves the violet flame. She feels very connected to that practice and it resonates with a lot of people. It's a thing. It's not. It's nothing I came up with. It's a thing that already exists and works for a lot of people. So try it out for yourself. The sixth way is to select some crystals that either call out to you at that moment or that you intentionally select and place them next to your body while doing your practice with the intention to protect you and to filter out any negative energy that is trying to enter your energy field. The seventh and last way is to intentionally smudge the room or use an aura spray. This is something I do sometimes, especially when I do... Um, something with friends or when I just when it just spontaneously happened to meditate with other people I just have a spray handy and I cleanse the room with that and the energy shifts immediately because everyone is aware that something's happening now and something is shifting so it's very noticeable it's again the intention that counts not the aura spray itself does anything the vibration of the essential oils and all that is part of it but the main ingredient is the intention behind doing like this little ritual of spray spraying the room or smudging the room. It's really really powerful and it's something that I personally like to do and it smells divine. <laughs> as a general thing, setting up spiritual protection is always helpful to keep your energy field intact and to have as little foreign energies influencing you as possible. But as I already shared with you and what I truly believe is that it shouldn't escalate into a huge practice or ritual that you spend a lot of energy on and that you have to do every day. Find one short, intentional, protective method that works for you. And just like putting on a seatbelt, do it before any spiritual practice without overthinking it. In the spiritual community, there's a lot of talk about being possessed and having to have an entity removal and being influenced by negative spirits and being haunted and stuff like that. And while there is a, a drop of truth in all of that, like there is things like entity attachments, there is things like being tapped into the lower astral realm and all that stuff. But this is not the average Joe. Like the fear mongering is insane in this community. What they are talking about, most likely they, no- they don't have any clue what they're talking about. Second of all, what they're referring to is a very rare case of someone being really, really, really freaking disconnected from the light and tapping into a very lower astral realm with their consciousness. Some people call it the 8th sphere. You can look that up. Like, Rudolf Steiner is someone who has talked a lot about this. It's a heavy topic though. Um, If you don't want to go into another rabbit hole... <laughs> Don't Google that today. But it's called the Eighth Sphere, and it's just to explain it quickly, it's basically a very, very low astral realm that people who are very, very lost tap into. And they can be influenced from that place. It's a very dark place to be in. And it's something that doesn't happen to the average person. You have to be severely mentally ill. You have to be psychopathic for that. Like you have to have real massive issues to even get close to an attachment like that. And this is not someone you meet on the street every day or you are friends with or in your family. Like it is, it is someone who is like, for example, a serial killer. Would fall under that category someone who's mentally not well in a very intense way and they tap into a very lower astral realm that basically makes everything worse and they are they are controlled by this foreign energy and influenced by it and they get messages from this place and a false sense of security and a false ego push and all that. It's a huge topic. It's nothing I can cover today. But there is really so much fear mongering when it comes to spiritual practices. And I want to give you a little bit of ease. You don't have to be so scared of these things. There is not much that can happen. And being confronted with negative entities or even the false light can be very helpful, actually, because you learn how to discern. And a true spiritual master knows when some energy is worth communicating with or is worth staying away from. And you cannot learn that if you're in constant fear of being in touch with a negative being because you will never learn what it feels like to be in the presence of one. So what I truly believe in is to let yourself be in touch with negative entities as long as they cannot hurt you or harm you in any way and set up protection when it's needed. Don't set it up just because. Don't feel like you have to shield yourself from everything and everyone that is in, in the spiritual realm because that is really not the reality for you if you're not in a very dark place. And if you're in a very dark place or in a very heavy phase of your life I wouldn't recommend channeling anyway like that's not the thing you need to focus on the thing you need to focus on then is to heal and to calm your nervous system and stuff like that it's not to connect with any entities you know so I hope it can give you the sense of ease and peace and take away the fear that might be there because you always have to remember A lot of people don't know what they're talking about. They're just creating content that gets a lot of clicks, that gets a lot of attention. And um, they're also creating a false fear narrative that is not necessary. And that just shines a negative light on the spiritual community and on the ones who practice communicating with spirits and stuff. I get so many comments every week from people who believe that I talk to demons because I mention that I channel. And that's just not the case. You can call them demons, I call them negative entities. They don't have any demonic traits about them. They're just lost energy that I choose not to engage with. A demonic energy is something completely different and not something that I come in touch with just because I meditate and neither will you. So be a little bit more relaxed with that. Definitely set up protection if it makes you feel better. But don't be overly scared of this stuff. Let's say you feel like a negative entity or a foreign energy is attacking you. What can you do? I want to give you some tips. The first tip is ignore them. (laughs) That's most likely very effective. Um, The first thing you can try is to just ignore them. Remind yourself that all the power they have, you gave it to them. And only through your fear, they can even do anything. They can even be in your presence. So oftentimes, that alone helps for this entity to give up on you because your energy is too strong and you are standing in your own energy too strongly and too vividly. The second thing you can do is to take up energetic space. It's very similar, but um, you don't ignore them. You actively take up the energetic space so they have to leave. How you do that is to stay confident and communicate with them that they are not welcomed. Own your energetic space within your body and outside of your body, in your immediate surroundings, in your room, wherever you are. Own all of that space that you're in and set intentional boundaries and command them to leave. Again, because there is no fear and there is confident and owning up your space from your side, they will not have any space and not any purpose to stay with you. They don't want to harm you or do anything evil to you They are just looking for an energy source. And if you don't give them that, they have no reason to stay with you. They will just leave and look somewhere else for what they need. Another thing that you can do is to talk to them. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, definitely don't do it. But it's something that I like to do. Sometimes dark energies are angels in disguise, quite literally. When there is something important you keep pushing away or emotions you keep suppressing, sometimes higher aspects of yourself will disguise as something they know will scare you to make you face your own shadows and make you aware of them. It's it's like a tough love kind of guidance from your higher aspects and they are forcing you into growth. You can find out if that's the case by communicating with these entities telepathically and give them a moment to communicate back to you. And you will know if there's something they want to tell you that has a deeper purpose by the way this communication will feel. So if you feel like, okay, this could actually be a message for me, this could be an an aspect of me that wants to be seen, You can definitely communicate with that aspect. If you feel like you don't want to engage with that energy at all, just do any other thing that I'm going to share with you to um, make them leave and to make yourself unattractive to them. Connected to that, connected to talking with them, can also be to send them into the light. Because often entities are simply lost beings who are wandering around in the astral plane with a low level of consciousness. They are completely unable to reconnect with the light where they used to belong. So they are basically just lost and they they don't know where to go. And you can send them into the light by visualizing a tunnel or a ball of light for them that is directly connected to source and let them know that they are loved and they can go back to where they came from and that they don't have to be stuck. And remind them that they belong into the light, that they don't need to stay stuck here and try to send them love and compassion. And what happens then is that they will either follow your guidance and some kind of remembrance is activated within them and they will go into this light or they will simply leave because they cannot stand your love and they don't have any reason to stay because you're not giving them the negative energy that they are looking for. A very impressive and I think beautiful thing that sometimes happens is that if you succeed in bringing them back into the light, these beings often change sides and instead of trying to suck your energy, they're staying in the astral for a while to serve you as a spirit guide or a helper out of gratitude for bringing them back to their true origin. This happened to me before and I think that was such a, a beautiful transformative experience for me. Like I get goosebumps talking about it and it was so true and so real. And this was actually one, one main event that taught me a lot about the darkness and how multi-layered it is, and that it's not just this black and white thing that a lot of people like to play into. It's not that easy, like even the darkest of beings once belonged to the light, because we all came from source, we all are connected in oneness, and um, this doesn't mean that we have to accept any darkness that is hurting us here, like we cannot accept that we need to call the darkness out, we need to try to um, shift things and we need to not engage with it and we, we cannot feed the beast, but we can on a deeper level understand that even the most fucked up people, the most evil spirits, the most dark astral beings are not like that from the beginning. Something made them be like that and some disconnection happened at one point that made them these monsters and these dark beings. As you can tell there's a lot more to talk about and a lot more to go into and especially the topic of darkness and of evil things happening in the world and all that stuff. It is so huge and so multi-layered and we cannot have a black and white reality um, when we're talking about these things. like It's very hard for people to understand the deeper layers of darkness if they want, don't want to remove themselves from the thinking of, this is the good guys, this is the bad guys. And that's where a lot of people get lost, because they they cannot get themselves to feel into the more complex side of things, and they just want good and bad. And Evil and good. (laughs) They just want the black and white thing. And um, even though we didn't dive fully into that, we talked about a lot of darkness today. And I encouraged you to look at it from a less fearful place. And I hope I could inspire something in you and maybe even create a feeling of remembrance that you are so powerful and that there's literally nothing to be afraid of when it comes to spiritual practices. I'm not telling you to go about this lightly. Definitely look out for spiritual protection. Look out for yourself. Um, don't engage with any random being that you meet in a meditation. Don't just take on any anything that you see. But really allow yourself to be in a state of trust and be in a state of empowerment whenever you're doing any spiritual work. Because if we go into a practice... From the standpoint of fear and from the feeling of we have to fight against something and we have to protect ourselves from all these evil things on the astral, you will meet a lot more of that than as if you were just going in with an open heart, you know? Especially energetic realms and astral realms are so based on frequency. Like there is not a physical aspect to this. There is no buffer time for something to manifest. So whatever energy you're feeding into the astral is the energy that you will get mirrored back to you. And that is why it's so important to go into your practices with an open heart and not with an armor of fear. That being said, I hope you enjoy the Halloween time. I hope you find some time to practice something that you wanted to do for a while or tap into some energies that you wanted to tap into, communicate with your ancestors, all that stuff that is very easily accessible around this time of the year. And if you don't feel like doing any of it, then just spend some time with yourself, do a little bit of journaling, whatever feels right for you. And most importantly, tune back in for the upcoming episode of Rooted in the Cosmos. We will talk to each other or I will talk to you. I never know how to like end the podcast because I can say see you next week and hear you next week sounds weird. So. Meet you next week for a brand new episode. Until then, have a beautiful time. If you want to come say hi on Instagram, you can do that. It's at Isabel Gloria. My DMs are always open. I love to connect with you. You can also send me an email to podcast at isabelgloria.com. It's all linked in the show notes. And uh, see you next week. Have a beautiful time.